As a CEO, you've hopefully already uncovered Empowered on your potential and have put your vision into reality in the form of your company. The bigger you grow, however, the more detached from the employees who run it you can become. This is only a problem when the environment beneath you has become a toxic one or one which risks your business or communications breakdowns. All of these things have similar symptoms and these symptoms not only hemorrhage money and stop your growth potential from ever being what it could be, they can also occasionally take your entire business down with one wrong move, leak or lawsuit. The most common symptom and one of the most costly of working in a toxic environment is high employee turnover. I think we all know this by now. This goes for people being fired as well as quitting and the biggest red flag is a combination of both. If your company has under 50 people in it and you are losing more than one a quarter, that is already cause for some concern. If you are averaging one a month, then not only is that extremely costly as the price of each employee lost, that is a low wage employee would be 15,000. It only increases exponentially from there as well as the unforeseen costs like scaring off the best employees who could work there, but are wisely scared off by the red flag of turnover. And with even a few lost a year, you could already be hitting that six digit loss mark. It also indicates and can cause low morale, a toxic work environment, more so, and lack of leadership. The most common reasons that employees quit or are fired is bad management or bad hiring. With 57% of people who've quit their jobs saying it was solely their management and another 70% saying they've thought about leaving their jobs because of management, and only 12% leaving for reasons that are not directly related to management. If the employee was doing well and able to fulfill the requirements of the position after being hired, then it is likely bad management. Nearly three-fourths of those that quit or check out of their jobs, even the ones they love and are good at, say it's because of a toxic manager. And that happens to be the most likely cause of an overall toxic work environment as well. You may be thinking that is not the case with my managers. I know my managers well, and they are amazing people. And that is likely the thinking that keeps this cycle going in so many businesses. I mean, it's the case in over 50% of businesses. So you're likely not alone in thinking that. When most people would objectively know that high turnover is a sign of toxicity or communication breakdowns or something not functioning correctly, because there's only so long you can blame it on the employees that are being fired or quitting and not on the person in charge of them. It's very common to believe that this could never be the case with your manager because your manager is kind or shy or nice or talks up your employees and that is how they continue to do what they do. These kinds of managers will show their charm and reserve their energy for those above them and those favorites that they pick to lavish praise on as a means of having their own spies and actors among the team and as a way to further pointedly punish those they target. These do not remain the same. While some favorites can remain unchanged, those with empathy for the other members on the team and who care more about doing good uh, and growing the company than office politics and games, in other words, those you don't want to lose, will quickly be flipped and turned from a favorite because of their hard work into a target because of the personality that, again, you should want in your company, but this type of manager definitely does not want <laughs> because they have integrity and that goes above their uh, need to you know, succeed by any means, including ignoring bad behavior or giving in to the toxic work environment. This entire charade makes coworkers uneasy, even amongst one another, and creates an unhealthy kind of competition and resentment, especially when you factor in the fact that these types of managers gossip and talk about employees with others behind their backs, and their favorites know this all too well, so when they become targets, it's even worse. These managers will find any excuse to write up an employee, whittle down their self-esteem, make other managers 
think that they are messing up and will use the accountability trap to keep them hopelessly locked into accepting their harassment. What is the accountability trap? It is a very well-intentioned company policy that in the hands of a toxic manager can create a catch-22 for employees. When a huge part of the culture is taking accountability, which is a good thing, taking accountability can teach you things, it can take any situation and give you a sense of power over it so that you can control it, manage it, and make sure you never do it again. That way, no matter what happens in your job, you are always learning, always growing, and always succeeding, even in failure. There's always something you can gain from it. Explaining that to employees if they don't already know it, or just having employees who do know it on the team, huge and an amazing thing. What can happen with the toxic manager in the mix? Essentially, what you're telling the employees without realizing it in that situation is that if they don't accept responsibility for errors caused by managers themselves, they are making excuses and that will get them fired instantly. But the manager or managers never take accountability for their own errors or mistakes and shift blame onto the employees. So then you have a situation where the employee feels that they cannot defend themselves or tell anyone above the manager what is actually happening or tell the truth because it would be an instant firing. But when they accept the fault for the things that were not their fault or not as presented, then they will likely ultimately get fired as well. It's a lose-lose situation. Putting aside the actual numeric cost of losing an employee to the company, which as we discussed earlier, can climb well above 100,000 at a certain point, there is the fact that customers and clients do not like high turnover or having to reestablish relationships and they too will likely see the turnover rate as a cause for concern about your company as well as the best and brightest that you want to hire running at like hell in the opposite direction and smartly. And speaking of your best and brightest, do you know who they will always be? The tenured and experienced employee who had grown with the team and has everything down to a T. If you only have a handful of employees who have been there longer than a year or two and you have been in business at least double that, then you might be in trouble. It is through making every mistake in the book about 10 times and going through the ups and downs and everything that you really get a good grasp of how to do anything the position requires. So if you're letting people go instantly or because of the manager turning their mistakes on them or whatever the case may be, you're, you're just having a whole team of amateurs instead of professionals. Not to mention the stress, the stress, the target or targets of the moment are under, but also the anxiety and fear and uncertainty that stops many an employee from going all in because they might not be in long. And when people leave, they know what they are capable of. So when a good one gets fired or quits, it sends more panic through them. All of this will cause the stressed employees to do even worse work, even if they are the type to go 100% harder in response to a hostile and volatile work environment. And eventually, when their best efforts are ignored, even if management is telling you good things, they're not telling them to their management, and instead only pick at people over the next thing and the next thing until their confidence completely erodes. Like, let's say, you know, they've targeted one person, they attack them for something that let's say the manager did, or even something that they did, a mistake they did, uh, that they are not enforcing anywhere else. Some employees could just say that's not fair. and blah. Those employees may not be the best because, you know, things are unfair sometimes. But if you have an employee who then goes 100% in and makes sure they never make that mistake again, then instead of saying, oh, wow, you've done amazing at this, you've improved, 
they just go straight to, well, well, this is different. This is bad. This is bad. Until they've gotten to a point where they've gotten everything a hundred times better than everybody else's and they still get fired. And that is something that other employees watch and see and can witness. And every time it happens, it becomes more and more demoralizing. The employees go between highly unproductive and prone to error, causing micromanagement, the death nail to any business, or they ignore them completely. So that employee who turned down a more prestigious and well-paying position to work with you, and who even though they had faced all that harassment and stress is going all in 100%, who takes challenges and goes harder and harder no matter what the roadblocks thrown in front of them, your company will hemorrhage those as well as money because those are also a threat to any manager that is toxic. Someone who cares about the members more than the managers say so and someone who cares about the wellness of the company at a certain point even if that person has not gone against the manager yet it's pretty clear indication that they will so again you're losing your best and brightest and not able to hire more of the best and brightest because of the red flags that are in place and nobody even realizes if the ceo you or upper management even realize what's going on because the hard truth is a manager is a wedge in between the two if they're good they will be there for their employees and relay what management above is thinking and what they expect rather than talking an employee up to make themselves look innocent to management while tearing them apart subtly by putting their own mistakes onto that employee and in some cases sabotaging that employee directly while not giving that employee any information from above, including the many processes that they are meant to be following, unless they have to put them in a public location or email. And then using the fact that you don't know those processes against that employee. If this sounds impossible and not like something that could happen a lot or at your company, 75% remember, have this type of boss and leave because of it. And even sabotage, the most extreme form of this happens in 50% of work offices. Some signs to watch out for uh, from workforce.com. Managers insist on doing everything through channels and never permit shortcuts to be taken in order to expedite decisions. They make speeches instead of giving clear and direct directions. They refer things to a committee for consideration. They bring up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. They haggle over precise wording of communications, minutes, and resolutions. They reopen subjects decided previously and attempt to find reasons they should be reversed. Advocate caution and to be reasonable and urge fellow conferees to avoid haste, which might embarrass or create issues later. They worry about the propriety of every decision and if any action lies in that group's jurisdiction. Workforce.com says that these are easy things that HR should pick up on. But if you don't have HR or you have HR that is not trained in organizational psychology, how would HR know? <laughs> and that is something that is very, very unfortunately common in all too many offices. Actually, the number of people who quit because of a toxic boss is almost exactly the same number of bosses who say they have never had management training. So what is the problem with this? I mean, this should go without saying, but there is a very, very different skill set for managers as there is for whatever they were before that if they were moved up. While it is an amazing thing and you should definitely, definitely move employees up when they do well, 
you have to first of all make sure that they actually have the skills of a manager there's some skills that are a little harder to teach one is empathy empathy is a absolute requirement for a manager one would think that it's it's common sense i mean micromanagement causes employees to do badly and and tanks them it's the easiest way to tank an employee so doing that when they're not doing well already is a horrible idea i mean anything negative is a horrible idea if you have ever praised an employee or you know given them a lot of accolades and, and given them a lot of encouragement when they've done really well and seen how much better they do versus when you constantly pick at them i mean hopefully none of you listening have that would it's not a good management style that is a horrible management style that is never a good idea don't ever do that but if you do do that have done that you'll see how people behave how they're treated if you want employees that go above and beyond when they go above and beyond especially treat them as such point it out make them not want to disappoint you or lose that view that you have of them but if you no matter what they do are putting them down never giving them accolades attacking them at some point anyone will have enough and the burnout is definitely real in that situation and just to cover a wider range of bases i'm going to give you top 10 from psychology today from the other aspect of it to understand how to identify and avoid becoming a toxic boss. So first, toxic managers are physically and mentally absent. Managers need to be present and attentive to the needs of their staff and understand the roles of their employees. Toxic managers are either absent physically, as in never in the office, mentally, as in checked out, or both. As a result, absent managers fail to fully understand what their staff does on a daily basis and are unaware of the toxic dynamics developing under their watch. Most harmfully, without guidance or leadership, staff members are forced to make important managerial decisions themselves in order to keep the organization and project running. Two, they take no responsibility for poor decisions. When a poor decision was made impulsively because of an emotional outburst or at sheer incompetence, toxic managers take no responsibility. At best, they make excuses for themselves, as in, I didn't send that out, I didn't do that, that was, you know, everybody makes mistakes. When it's management, everybody makes mistakes and it's not a big deal. If it's an employee, it's the end of the world. <laughs> or they'll justify and defend their poor decision any way they can to avoid admitting their mistake. At worst, toxic managers will blame someone else for the fallout of a decision or point their finger at staff, the very people that the manager is supposed to lead and support. Three. They avoid conflict at all costs. Successful managers know enough about their staff, both individually and collectively, to know how to tactfully handle hurt feelings and any other issues that may result from a conflict, while inept managers may avoid having difficult conversations out of their own fear or insecurity. Toxic managers refuse to engage in conflicts because they either don't have the time or because they lack the interest to resolve difficult situations. As a result, staff members are often forced to bury hurt feelings or frustration, which can lead to resentment or disillusionment down the road. Four, they don't communicate. While a manager may not want to discuss the reasons for every thought process or decision they make, having some transparency is crucial to a well-functioning team. When toxic managers neglect or refuse to communicate with their staff, employees often fill in the gaps of missing information through speculation and gossip. A lack of information often causes a duplication of efforts and may even cause important tasks to slip through the cracks, as team members do not understand what their peers are doing. 5. They don't plan. One of management's primary duties is to develop and articulate a strategic plan to achieve the goals for an organization or project. Toxic managers either don't understand the need for a strategic plan, or worse, 
don't think it's important. Without clear processes in place, staff members must react to crises as they emerge and even are limited in their ability to proactively address problems before they become full-on fires. Since staff are unable to anticipate what each day will bring, uncertainty and unpredictability create a stressful, anxiety-ridden workplace that takes a toll on morale and the functioning of the organization. Six, they only focus on short-term optics. For toxic managers, all that matters is the organization appears to be running smoothly from the outside, that they look good in their position, However, just because something looks good on the surface does not mean that the foundation is not crumbling. Seven, they have black and white thinking. Good managers possess the ability to make difficult yes or no decisions when needed, but toxic managers take black and white thinking to a new level. The you're either with us or against us mentality discourages constructive disagreement among staff members and in extreme cases, the toxic manager can end up demonizing outspoken staff members who challenge the status quo. Effective managers are able to occupy a gray space and find nuance in decisions and perspectives. Toxic managers adopt a my way or the highway approach that suppresses innovation. Eight, they show favoritism. Toxic managers promote a culture of favoritism among their employees, often protecting or promoting those who reinforce their power or in worst cases, adopt the quid pro quo arrangements with others. Not only are these arrangements unfair and unethical, but these types of undeserved promotions and special treatment can also cause resentment among those not in the toxic manager's orbit and kill staff morale. Even worse, if a manager's favorite is promoted to a position they're unqualified for, those individuals often perpetuate a culture of poor management and leadership that further undermines the organization. Nine, they ignore turnover. There are a number of reasons why someone might choose to leave an organization, but toxic managers don't try to understand these reasons for employee turnover. Are employees feeling underpaid or undervalued? Are they seeking new professional development opportunities that the organization can't offer? Or is the organization just experiencing a natural bout of employee turnover? Toxic managers choose not to investigate, and in worst cases, they adopt black and white thinking to demonize outgoing employees as not being worthy or committed to the organization in the first place. And 10, they live in denial. Any individual who wants to become a better manager can put in work to alter his or her toxic habits. However, toxic managers refuse to acknowledge that they have any of these behaviors or that they exist. And they are detrimental to the organization. Above all else, toxic managers live in denial of their own shortcomings and their contributions to the toxic work environment. And this is how they will destroy your company from within.